The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. In the last minutes of this meditation, I'd like to introduce the theme of today, which is patience, by asking you to see first if there's some way that you feel patience when you're patient. Is there some way that your body responds or is activated? When you're patient, your patience is associated with any parts of your body. When you feel the need for patience, what's happening in your body when the need is there? in a situation where your patience was strong and helpful. What did it feel like to have that patience? What's the inner experience of patience? When your patience is sorely tested, <clears throat> you felt that it was a need to be patient, but it was a struggle to be patient. What was that inner experience like? What did it feel like in your body, your heart, your mind, to have to make a lot of effort to be patient?
And more generally, what associations or attitudes or <clears throat> reactions do you have to the idea of patience? the associations you have with patients, <clears throat> pleasant or unpleasant? Is, is the idea of being patient welcoming for you or something that is not so welcoming within you? And finally, perhaps you can give some thought to how it might be useful to have patience today, to be patient with the unfolding of this Dharma practice day. In what way might it be important for you to be more patient than you maybe normally would be? More accepting, less reactive.
So good morning, and welcome to our Dharma practice day. <clears throat> and for those of you uh, who are new today, you're very welcome. These days are offered in some ways to be self-standing, but they're also part of a series of the year on what's called the Ten Perfections, or the Ten um, Virtues or Qualities of Character that are developed through Buddhist practice and are supportive of Buddhist practice or supportive of the, of the efforts to be free and compassionate. The um, Dharma practice days are kind of in some ways days for community practice. Um, you know, if you come here on a Saturday one day sitting where we sit in silence, it's a little bit more, even though we're sitting in community, the focus is more kind of being in your own practice. Today, the, uh, these kinds of days are more meant to be practicing in community. And so um, uh, it's a very important part of Buddhist practice to be able to share yourself, share your uh, practice with others, be able to reflect and contemplate the practice together with other people, to hear other people, to hear their experience, and to feel the, both the commonalities we have and also the differences we have um, in uh, doing the practice and being people. And so, um, in a little bit, it's uh, meant to kind of replicate the way that Buddhist practice has traditionally been practiced in monasteries, where it's not just med- meditation all the time, silence all the time, but the monks and nuns have a lot of time to talk, but the practice, a te- some teacher gives a Dharma talk, and then afterwards they spend the next day or two, whenever they run into each other, they have a deep Dharma discussion about that theme that came up. And, and um, sometimes you, you have opportunities to have discussions with people around some deep aspect of life, dharma, that you normally would never have a chance to have in normal life and that kind of focus. Um, So, um, the, um, so there's some of it will be interactive, a lot of it will be interactive today. So there'll be a chance for some uh, discussion with another person about a topic, with small groups. And um, there'll be a teeny bit of meditation, as a little short, short sections, a little bit, uh, maybe in the afternoon again, but it's not a big meditation day today. So, um, the, um, so patience is one of the ten perfections, one of these ten virtues or qualities of character, that, you know, it's a common idea, that the usefulness of patience, and in many situations in life, people have to practice patience, and... Um, so, but here it's seen as a really beautiful quality. All these, care, all these perfections are considered really beautiful qualities and very rich. And actually the word for uh, patience in Pali is kanti, K-H-A-N-T-I. Is, uh, is, it's usually translated as patience, but it's a much uh, deeper and broader uh, meaning um, in Buddhism. Um, so we'll go into that, but it's really kind of meant to be, it's something very... Uh, you know, considered very profound, more so than you'd think, it's just the word patience. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, and some of the ways that uh, vipassana, or insight meditation, is taught here in the West, uh, that's defined, uh, is often done with ways that uh, kind of implicitly is infusing the practice with patience. So for example, 
uh, in a way that's n- probably never really dis- uh, 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 way that's never used to describe mindfulness in in Asia or in traditionally Buddhism. Here in the West, uh, mindfulness is described as non-reactive awareness, non-judgmental, non-reactive awareness, and um, it's kind of interesting. That's that uh, the definition doesn't really. Like, you know, you go to Burma or Thailand, you'll find teachers there say non-reactive awareness. But it's going to, it has to become really big here in the West as a definition. Um, uh, but the non-reactive or non-judgmental aspect of it um, would be uh, partly one of the ways that we've talked about is uh, it's very important to have patience when you practice. And uh, patience has this non-reactive quality, one aspect of it, where you're not acting on uh, impulses which are not healthy to act on. So if there's a situation that's difficult and your, your reaction is to be angry, um, and it's not useful to be angry, then you try to relax, breathe deeply, and to be patient with the situation so you don't, your anger doesn't get the upper hand, but you can stay non-reactive in the situation, even though inside you might be boiling. Uh, someone looks at you and says, well, that, you're really being patient. And you are, because you haven't bitten the person's head off. The... Um, um, uh, and there's all kinds of, you know, in meditation, uh, patience is really important. This non-reactive attention is really important because it means not giving in to every impulse that comes up. Every, you know, it could be as simple as not giving in to uh, wanting to scratch, to not getting in, into wanting to uh, bolt out of the room, or, you know, whatever it might be that's going on, or not giving in to certain trains of thought. The mind thinks a certain way, and we're patient with it, so we don't kind of get into our judgmental reaction to it, or get aversive to it, or cut up in our desires for more of it, or whatever it might be. So a big part of this is a kind of a non-reactive awareness. Now, one of the one of the values of non-reactive awareness, and sometimes the first definition of patience in Buddhism, uh, of patience, is um, uh, what's called patience perseverance, to uh, uh, or patiently in, uh, continue with what the course we've set. So it's not just simply kind of being kind of, um, uh, you know, empty, relaxed, do nothing kind of patience. You sit there and be, be present for what it is. But you have a task, you have something you need to do. And there could be a lot of obstacles to that. A lot of, there could be doubt inside, there could be all kinds of difficulties in the world that uh, gets in the way of uh, our persistence. Uh, there can be um, our aversions, our desires for other things. There's a lot of things that can come up that make it hard for us to keep on track. And so part of the function of patience is, in, in this word kanti, is to be able to uh, persist with what we set ourselves to do. And that's a very important quality for Dharma practice, because if you set your, your intention to practice Dharma, to meditate, then how do we keep the persistence going? And uh, it's, it's very hard to sometimes keep it up in a busy life. And um, so, or even in, on retreat when we're doing it, sometimes it's hard to persist with some of the challenges that come up as we're sitting there to keep at it, you know, hour after hour. And so part of this patience is um, the ability to uh, persist uh, without getting uh, uh, pushed off track. Another part of, um, uh, important part of uh, patience in the way that it's uh, traditionally talked about is it also has to do with forbearance or endurance. And forbearance is a really valued quality or uh, capacity in Asian Buddhism, in Southeast Asia, and you find a lot of texts talking about forbearance. It's very rare uh, quality to emphasize, emphasize here in the West, forbearance. Maybe we talk about, you know, acceptance and letting go and non-reactivity. 
But I think forbearance has a very, to my mind, has a very strong associations with it. It means you have to really make effort. Uh, it isn't just kind of relax and not don't be reactive. It means you're really, it might be the impulse to bite that person's head off is so powerful because the person's yelling at you. And how, you know, you, maybe there's even injustice being done or maybe, who knows, there's all kinds of things going on that maybe are unfortunate. And the situation doesn't uh, call on you to do anything about it, but somehow for, you know, to endure it in some way. Um, and, um, you know, I'm thinking about uh, my visit to San Quentin last week. I go every year. And, uh, you know, many, many of the ways it's pretty inhuman there, the way that these prisoners are treated. And, um, and, um, and it doesn't help them one bit to complain, no matter how difficult it is. And so they have to endure. And sometimes that endurance uh, takes a lot of effort not to give in to their anger or frustration. Or a parent, uh, you know, parenting sometimes requires forbearance. You know, it's, um, you know, a lot of enduring of in, in, in forbearance under insult is the the, the, the classic uh, kind of way it's described. And um, you know, it's not necessarily under insult, but um, certainly our ego gets insulted a lot in that situation. You know, we're used to a certain way of being in the world, and we can't, you know certainly can't do it anymore as a parent. You know, you. I remember when my kids were young, I mean, you know, I mean, something as simple as taking a shower and wearing clean clothes in public, <laughs> you know, is kind of a standard thing we do in our society, I think. But, uh, you know, it's not sometimes available to, you know, have these, you, you know, when you have, if you haven't had kids, maybe you have, don't have a clue, you know. How can that be? But, you know, you don't get sleep, you don't get to take care of yourself. You're lucky if you get to eat yourself, you know. <laughs> It's just the demands are so great. And so then, I mean, going, going in the public with your dirty clothes and, you know, and unwashed and who cares? <laughs> or, or you do care, but you have to just kind of endure it. Patience, endurance. You know. So there's lots of situations where it's appropriate, you know, or that's what's called on. Another aspect of patience is uh, usually the, the, uh, the, um, the practice of forgiveness is fit to f- uh, put under the category of, of patience, or this kanti. This word kanti, so to, to be to be forgiving, which is a very rich, deep uh, quality, and uh, for some people, it's one of the uh, uh, becomes at some point in their life one of the deepest spiritual or heart or psychological things they need to do. Work they have to do is to practice forgiveness. Um, some people, it's, it becomes the work at the end of their life before they die. They have to somehow uh, practice forgiveness in some very deep way or receive forgiveness or the whole forgiveness thing becomes one of the, the major tasks that a person has to do and to feel complete in their life. And, um, and then the, the most, uh, by, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, in some ways the most profound aspect of kanti or patience, uh, which maybe comes even closer to the kind of Western idea of, you know, uh, non-reactive awareness, kind of deep acceptance of the present moment. Is um, is defined. Uh, pa- this patience is called um, the patient acceptance of the truth. And uh, and there are some aspects of it, what's true that is very hard to face. And so, for example, the uh, the whole experience or the insight into not self, when we've or- oriented our whole life around self identity, being a certain person in the, in the world, that people see a certain way. And then to see that 
that's a construct. And see that uh, as a construct, it's not really who we really are. And that in order to really relax or accept the truth or be in harmony with the truth, there has to be some acceptance of the fact that I'm not really that identity, that role, or whatever it might be. And that can be difficult for people to, to take on. And so um, kanti is that quality that allows us patience, acceptance of the truth. Some, it's a difficult thing to face, uh, but you have to face it, and so there's this kind of non-reactive willingness or openness or acceptance um, where even though it's difficult, we stay and we face the truth that might be there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we know this is a big deal because there are people who, when they retire, um, uh, the, their identity around work disappears and, it, and they, they fall apart. It becomes, their life becomes very difficult. Um, they don't have any, they don't have the patient acceptance. They, you know, but rather they get... <clears throat> and then, um, and there's other things also, some kind of deep spiritual truths that are kind of hard to face. Another one, the Mahayana tradition puts... Um, uh, 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 points to emptiness, the deep teachings of emptiness. It's something, and when you get a sense, it's kind of like teaching of not self, that if you get an intuition or sense or insight into how everything is empty, it's a very difficult thing to face. It's like you suddenly you feel like you, there's no ground to stand on. <clears throat> and, um, and so it takes what's called in the Mahayana tradition this patient acceptance, or they call it kanti of emptiness, or translated into English as patient, patient acceptance of the truth of emptiness. So in the course of today, we're going to go through um, some of these and look at each in more detail, have a chance to explore what these things mean for you and the value of them, <clears throat> your relationship to this in a variety of ways. And, um, and I hope uh, by the end of the day, you'll appreciate um, patience in a way that maybe you haven't before. They, depth of it, the value of it, the importance of it, and why it's maybe one of these ten perfections that they get cultivated and developed. Um, the, um, you know, it, it follows. Now, I, I, I like the sequence of these uh, perfections, and um, it follows uh, after, not immediately, but after wisdom, for example. Wisdom, people associate wisdom with Buddhism, and, uh, it's, and so there's wisdom, and now and there's energy, effort, and we make effort, you better be patient. So this is where the you know, patient endurance, you know, keeping up persistence is important. So it kind of makes sense that, <clears throat> that it follows effort or energy, because we've got to be patient with the results and the consequences. But, um, but it also follows wisdom. And so uh, patience is some, uh, wisdom has wisdom quality, wisdom aspects to it. It's not meant to be stupid patience. Just <clears throat> And um, so we'll see how it goes today. Um, my wife suggested that uh, Inez and I do a bad job today. <laughs> so that uh, you guys could practice patience. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't say I would do that, but, but in case we do, <laughs> um, then... Um, that's really becomes your practice then. I mean, it's not our responsibility, what you, know, what you do with it. So you're much better off if you practice patience with how it goes. And uh, Ines, do you want to say a few words about patience, kind of as introduction for the day? Um, 
if there's impatience, uh, there's resistance to what, what is. And um, so one of the things that, um, uh, that I always look at is um, what is the, uh, when I'm feeling that impatience, that sense of, uh, uh, that restless impatience, is uh, the recognition of that there's dukkha in that moment that there's some form of clinging to wanting things to be different than they are. Um, and that gives me the, um, you know, the impatience is uh, really connecting um, with that quality of acceptance. You know, that's working with that impatience, is working with that quality of acceptance of what doesn't feel, uh, what's unpleasant. Um, um, the... What a lot of the practice is, uh, is um, the ability to actually be present for our unpleasant and painful experience, increasing our capacity for discomfort, uh, for awkwardness, for um, all the difficulties, you know, from the really little minor difficulties, like the little itch, um, uh, if we can't be present and patient with that little itch, how do we become present and patient with the really big things that happen? So that's really the beauty of the practice when we sit there with these little physical body aches and physical, and to really show up for them without letting go of the resistance time after time after time. Um, so that's, um, yeah, that's what I want to say. Thank you. So, um, you guys are ready to be patient? <laughs> if you are, because <laughs> I thought we would uh, turn it over to you now by having a few guys pair up to have a discussion around patience between you. Um, and what I, what, what I had in mind was that um, I thought it might be interesting for you to review your little bit your history with patients. Uh, so what, um, um, you know, this is not like confessions, <laughs> but uh, what, is, um, what has been your uh, family and personal history and relationship to patients? Just that is a big question. You might have, you might, your own family growing up might have, you know, you might have learned something from them about patients or you didn't learn about patients at all and uh, but what might you know what were the attitudes and understandings about patients and your own personal experience with it and, and attitudes and relationship to it uh, some people find that um, uh, patience is a very <coughs> op oppressive idea and because of the way the way they were told to be patient in the past was one that really squashed some natural beauty and instinct and and uh, and life force within them. It meant kind of a, uh, kind of being a belittling of you or going along with some kind of social suppression even. And you should be patient with people oppressing you. <laughs> and um, like I think some women sometimes have gotten that message. You should be patient with how, you know, rather than stand up and speak for what's right or stand up and just be a <coughs> full human being. Um, so what, what has been your history with patience? And, um, and if you want to kind of, you know, expand the question a little bit further, uh, what areas of your life, in what areas of life have, has patience been difficult? 
to be able to look back over your life. So that was kind of, kind of a review kind of discussion. And so what I had in mind was that you would uh, pair up with someone and, um, and uh, spend 10 minutes each. So one person has 10 minutes just to kind of explore the topic uh, for themselves. And the idea is, it's, it's, it's your exp- when you're talking, the idea is it's your exploration of the topic. Um, and um, 10 minutes is long enough that some of the obvious things maybe you could think about would be said in the first minutes. And maybe perhaps you begin kind of exploring it. The hope is that you're, as, you're, as you're exploring it, you're discovering aspects or, for yourself that are new to you. Um, and what, 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 what these dyads is not, this is not you explaining to another person. You, it's not for the sake of the other person you're, you're telling. It's an ordinary conversation where telling people things for their sake or something. The other person is really a witness as you do your own exploration. And what it means is that if uh, you find yourself saying, telling a story about you know, some time when you were, had to be really patient in high school or something, and, 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 it's, and it's a long story, and you know the story really well, <coughs> and you only have 10 minutes. It's not for the sake of the per- person. Doesn't, the person listening doesn't have to understand the story. Uh, kind of uh, jump to the conclusion or something, or truncate the story, so you can kind of explore. I mean, sometimes it's useful to tell a story as an exploration. So if you feel like you're exploring it, great. But if you feel like it's just for the, you're doing it for the sake of the other person, so they're up to speed, what's going on with you in your life, um, you don't have to do that in this exercise. Make sense? So it's really your. And some people find when they do when they're talking that uh, at some point in the exercise, maybe they even find it useful to close their eyes so they can kind of stay in touch with their feeling, what's going on inside, and stay in touch with kind of inner exploration as they talk about their relationship, their history with the theme. Right now it's patience. Um, the other person's job is primarily to listen. And, um, and uh, you know, you can, um, you know, you might, you know, basically your job is not to, not to say anything. I mean, don't ask any questions. Uh, don't give any advice. And, uh, and, uh, but you know, there's, if there's some really simple things you can say, like, uh, you know, wow, or, <laughs> or you know, yeah, I, yeah, I hear, I, you know, that's great, or that was, that was beautiful, or well, that, you know, that must have been hard, or something, I don't know, just some really s- simple, simple, neutral kind of comments, they just feel like, so you, they feel that they, the talker feels connected, that'd be okay, but mostly you're the witness when you're listening. So, um, so in a minute, in a few moments, you'll find a partner, and then um, if you don't have a partner, have to pretty quickly stand up. So the, the standing people, we can kind of see each other across the room, and if there, if we're a um, odd number, then we'll have one group of three. Um, but don't, don't assume that there's an odd number until we really make clear. Don't jump. That's the case, and. Um, and so we'll do it for 10 minutes, each person. I'll ring a bell after 10 minutes so that uh, you'll know when it's time to switch. And then switch to the other person and then to 10 minutes. Okay? So why don't you uh, find someone? Out there. So it might be nice to spend just a couple of minutes now if you uh, would uh, just report a little bit what that was like for you. Do, yes, it's surprises, challenges, insights you had in doing it. Uh, for me, when I was talking, I kind of discovered that I had sort of um, defined patience as passivity. In other words, when I'm, you know, I, I thought I was being patient, but I was really being passive. Great, my good life. discovery. 
So I couldn't wait for today to get here, of course. Uh, one of the insights I have, which was a bit of a surprise to me, came from just something you said when you were introducing the exercise. And that is that um, I, that I didn't uh, learn about patience in a family of great impatient New Yorkers. You know, um, that if you didn't answer a question immediately, we thought you were stupid. So what I didn't connect with that was the forbearance part of it. That um, there was a whole bunch of stuff that I needed that I had to put on hold for a long time. And so I, I don't know where to go with that, except that that maybe means to me some sort of negative association with uh, patients as something you, you just have to grit your teeth and endure. Mm -hmm. and, and while there are plenty of things to endure in life, um, gritting your teeth and enduring them is a different uh, different kind of a construct. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So we're next, next to you, and you. Oh. Family, family affair. <laughs> um, it, something occurred to me uh, about the process, not so much about patients, but I feel like I, I shared and learned more about my partner and shared more about myself in 20 minutes than a lot of people I've known for a long time know about me or I know about that. And they're really quite nice. Great, thank you. So over here to your right. Well, I loved it when you asked the question, think about your history with patients and particularly your family because of course I thought about my parents and I realized that through their modeling, I got a mixed message about patients. I had an impatient father and a very patient mother. And then I realized that throughout my entire life, I've been getting mixed messages about patients. You know, the role of a woman raised in the 50s and then going through women's liberation. Things like being in the workplace and learning total quality management, which is all about process and patience, but being held responsible for getting it done really fast. So it was just fabulous to kind of look at that. No wonder I'm conflicted. And I can't, I don't even know whether I'm patient or not patient. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else? Here, if you, if you take the mic, please. Um, I wanted to ask for some comments from both of you about discerning um, when to be patient and when to not be patient. You know, it, one of the things that came up in my mind um, when you were talking was you know, patients in the political realm and that word being used to keep people oppressed. And, um, you know, oh, just be patient, you'll get the right to vote, you know, meaning we're not going to pay attention to you. And so, um, yeah, discerning that as a, in the political and even personally political mm -hmm. realm. So it's, it's, a, it's a great question, and I think. Uh, as, as many things in, in this kind of practice we do here, the issue is uh, we look at our intentions, what's motivating us, and, uh, and what we think is going to be helpful. So if you're being patient in any realm at all, political or family or practice, whatever, what's motivating that attitude or that approach of patience? Is it fear? Is it uh, aversion? Is it wisdom? 
is it uh, is it motivated by some received uh, um, a policy or attitude that other people are telling us we should be patient? Uh, um, you know, sometimes so, so. There's a lot of you know a lot of things come into our motivation, and I think we have to take responsibility for our motivation uh, uh, more than what. And then, if we know what, what, what motivates us, then we'll know if we're holding back in an unhel- unhelpful way, unhealthy way. Uh, and then, if we're if we know from our motivation that our motivation is really uh, we've internalized uh, uh, lessons for the other people are telling us you should be patient. Hopefully, you can see the difference between when it comes from inside the, your own wisdom or whether it's internalized lessons externally. And then you want to see whether it's helpful um, to be. Um, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, patience is not meant to be a substitute for action when action is needed. But when action is not helpful, then uh, we may not have to be patient with the situation. And so there are situations that it's not helpful to do anything at all about it. And we have no power, no, no, no possibility. And so maybe it's better just to be patient with it than to let, let it pass. Um, um, what comes to mind was uh, my Zen teacher was part of a community of people that uh, was quite dysfunctional. His, te- his kind of, the abbot at the time when he was kind of, he was already a teacher, independent teacher, but he was still on the board of the organization. And he could see that something was really amiss with the way the abbot ran the organization. And he felt that he had no possibility of making any change. But he knew that this was going to come to a head someday. So he, he thought, I can't, I can't do anything now. I'm just going to be patient, and then I'll try to be helpful in the situation when, when, when the situation comes to a head. He had to wait 12 years. And then when, when the 12 years passed, then he was there, ready to help the situation in a way that was very helpful for everyone concerned. 12 years of patience, and he, knew, he felt he had no choice because there was no other way to get in the situation at that time. And so... I think that uh, sometimes people rush to action at times when action is maybe not so useful. Sometimes we need to be patient and let things play themselves out. And there's no way of knowing 100% what the right... When, you, when you're predicting the future and what's helpful, you can't know 100% for sure. But we have to use our experience, our best guess, our best you know, logic, whatever we have. Is it, is it useful to act or not useful? And if it's not useful, then uh, patience is more useful. Is that helpful? And, um, you know, but patience has two sides. It has a side of not doing anything, but also patience is very helpful for doing something. And sometimes uh, patience is what allows us, this patient endurance allows us, like you brought up the political realm, it, uh, sometimes it might take 20 years. And you have to kind of patiently keep at it. It's not being patiently, patiently passive. It's patiently keeping at it, keeping at it, keeping at it, until... Uh, you know, the situation is ready for you. Okay, so we should take a break. So we'll take a uh, 20-minute break, partly so you can have time to hang out with each other. And um, this is a community day. So we'll start again here at uh, 10 minutes after 11. Thank you.